500 years ago, Guam and the entire archipelago of the Mariana Islands became an important part of the focus of what historians have described as the Age of Discovery. Much of the discussion on social media and local media reports this past week have described this important event in 1521 in such vastly different ways. In 2021, some have portrayed the events surrounding the first circumnavigation of the Earth in a negative light and some positive relative to the impacts to the peoples of the U.S. Territory and the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Collectively, they are perspectives that this podcast will share to include what the events mean to me, a middle-aged Chamorro man living in the island of Latine Sales, as first described by Ferdinand Magellan. That's it. That's all. Starts right now. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. Sean Gumatanta here, the host of the podcast. That's It, That's All is brought to you by Get LLC. They provide consulting services and specialty construction materials and supplies in Guam and Micronesia. Need help on a business plan? Need help with advice on retrofitting your facility to be more energy efficient? A good resource is their website at get-guam.com. Check them out. The response to That's It, That's All has been nothing but tremendous. We have all of you to thank for that. The podcast is by design to keep your thoughtful attention if you are moving from one end of Paradise Guam to the other. As you sit down to your laptop or desktop, preparing to take your workout to the burn stage or cool down, or bringing the podcast on your next road trip through the highways and byways wherever you are in the world today, let me first say half a day or hello and thank you so much for listening. The podcast has new listeners in Germany and Canada. So very cool. A special half a day to our new listeners across the United States, including those in Atlanta, Georgia, and Chicago and Quincy, Illinois. And let's not forget those folks tuning in up the road in Jigo right here in Guam. Thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in helping get the podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. You can also listen to the podcast on iHeartRadio and Pandora. Don't forget to subscribe or follow us. Click that button on your favorite audio podcast app right now. Historians noted that Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan came across Guam as part of an effort to find a route to India by sailing west from Spain. Backed by King Charles I of Spain, Magellan Juan Sebastian Elcano and their crew of 237 men on five ships left Sevilla on August 10, 1519 in the initial effort to reclaim the Maluku Islands in eastern Indonesia to reclaim it under Spain's economic and political control. This age of exploration was not new to Spain or Portugal as they, emerging seafaring powers in the start of the 15th century, were in a race with other European nations to explore, document, and claim for itself areas outside of the Mediterranean. The three-year journey around the world would open up many places in the path as documented by Magellan, included as part of that sojourn, Guam, and the rest of the archipelago, renamed 147 years later, the Mariana Islands, named after the Spanish Queen Regent Mary and widow of Spain's King Philip IV. 
it is written that much of the first interaction between the Spanish and the people of Guam started off as did many interactions between the Chamorros and those living in the island at the time. A swift moving sailboat, or the native proa, with its unique triangular sail, approaches the visiting vessel. Food and water are offered in exchange for something of value from the transiting crew. The seafaring people of Guam had been engaged in this sort of inner island commerce with islands across Micronesia and the Western Pacific for 3,500 years before the contact with the Europeans and eventually the Western world. Historians and scholarly writings on the Chamorro's first contact event differ greatly, as has the reaction to the event 500 years later. A number of writings and storytellers describe a dying crew that Magellan, with the help of the people of Guam, nursed back to health to continue their voyage beyond our shores. Other reports depict a brief encounter, a tale of no help whatsoever with the Chamorros taking what they could from the distressed crew to include a skiff that upon discovery, the Spanish tracked the culprits down, whom they killed and burned their huts and canoes, that some Spanish gave the island the famous moniker of Islas de los Ladrones, or the Island of Thieves. Whichever story, whether told by Spanish, English, Dutch, or French explorers, and historians, or however dubious, the events of March 2, 1521, marked the world's knowledge of Guam and its part in the discovery of the Marianas and the rest of the Pacific. The first contact would greatly impact this island and archipelago in a way that does leave modern-day activists, journalists, and scholars questioning the why of it all. The initial contact brought fire, thought by the Chamorros as the animal that consumed all in its wake, fearful of being bitten. In fact, all the elements and the spirits, the entis, had this impact on the Chamorro. The initial contact with the Spanish brought disease to Guam that was never seen before. There are historical references that documented that Magellan's crew suffered from scurvy. Just a footnote, as 335 years later, smallpox would wipe out most of the population of Guam. Entering the 19th century, and now as a member of the American family, a world war was brought to our shores. A coronavirus pandemic threatens the global populace and today's island residents. Contact has its price. All my life, these and variations of the stories of the discovery of Guam has been told to me by my elders and respected members of my island community. And frankly, there has not been a single time when the story of the discovery of Guam made me think differently of who I am and what kind of man of Guam I have grown into. There's no debate of the links to the first contact and its tectonic shift in our once isolated island's evolution. There is no debate that the first contact with Magellan would change the hearts and minds of our society and that of the Spanish and our interaction with them over time. And there is no debate that the events of March 2, 1521 have since left an indelible mark on our people's collective soul and voyage as a member of the world community as we move through the 21st century and beyond. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. 
They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Okay. Since 1970, the people of Guam have celebrated Discovery Day, now referred to as Guam History and Chamorro Heritage Day. We have used this week for the last 51 years to celebrate and commemorate the beautiful Chamorro culture, my Chamorro culture and heritage. This is a time to reflect on what it is and what being Chamorro means to us both on Guam and for those Chamorros who live all around the world. This is also a time to examine the ways the essence of our Chamorro culture changes each year to include our unique language. Chamorro is being taught in our public schools, and today, uh, immersion schools keep it front and center in the lives of our young people and their parents. There are even courses being taught online right now that helps reconnect those Chamorros far and wide learn their language using yet another modern day tool. Now, I learned Chamorro listening to my mom and dad uh, talk about daily life back in the 1970s and 80s. I uh, used to listen to them always uh, call Guam to speak with family on a rotary phone. Uh, yes, living in the Bay Area of uh, California. Uh, yes, back those days, rotary phones. And it probably cost a ton too. And also praying with my family, the Rosary for the Dead, or to celebrate Christmas, uh, the Santos La Salzu uh, is and, well, was then and still is uh, very important to me now. Uh, cassette tapes uh, featuring music by Chamorro artists from Guam and Saipan were also played while at the grill or cleaning the yard, either a gift or maybe picked up by my dad and my mom when they were at Chodi or uh, visiting uh, down in Nanigua back in the day. It is so interesting that this podcast is focusing on this issue. A juxtaposition, if you will, two things. The exploration of the world by Spain, with its opening of the minds of a world beyond its borders, and Guam's first contact with people outside of Micronesia and Oceania, where it had been an active part of the Pacific community for millennia. Uh, on March 8, 2001, then-Guam Delegate Robert Underwood spoke on the floor of the U.S. Congress about this event, noting, quote, In many ways, the people, the indigenous Pacific Islanders of the world, feel impinged upon and feel that many of the things they find familiar will be so dramatically altered over time that they will cease to exist as peoples, not just cease to exist as individuals, but that maybe three or four or five generations from now, there will be no one who will identify themselves as proudly as Chamorros and understand the meaning of that, end quote. Well, 20 years later, I spent a little time on Twitter this past week to find a couple of examples of this. The underscore Sanzer wrote, quote, No, the Chamorros were here first. The Chamorros discovered Guam. And J.M.R. Robles wrote, quote, it was a vital stopover in the Philippines-Mexico sea route. And Kichicho V wrote, quote, I'm happy to see or have, I'm happy to have seen this day replace the colonizer-centric discovery day in my lifetime, unquote. Three different perspectives. I believe that just as Dr. Underwood noted, these indigenous voices reflected an impingement and reflected views 
that have been dramatically altered by the events of the past and their impacts on our collective here and now. Interestingly, uh, interestingly, uh, as part of Spain's 500th year commemoration of the Magellan Elcano expedition, a naval training vessel named after Juan Sebastian Elcano, uh, it left Cadiz in Spain on August 24th of last year and began retracing the charted course of the first recorded circumnavigation of the world and arrived on Guam late last week. Now, as of this podcast, the Guam Daily Post is reporting that the ship has since continued on to its next historic site uh, or stop uh, to Cebu in the Philippines. Now, representing Spain's King Philip VI, Rear Admiral Santiago Barber Lopez presented a gift to the people of Guam and to the village of Umatic specifically, a plaque commemorating their seafaring heritage and releasing wreaths into the Umatic Bay honoring those who died under Spanish colonial rule. Now, Admiral Lopez is quoted in the Pacific Daily News saying, quote, We are friends and allies. We share values and the navies of the United States of America and Spain work together in defense of freedom and democracy all around the world. That's an end quote. As the Spanish ship uh, departed the waters of Guam and the Mariana Islands, the ship would sail past Umatic Bay as a symbolic and commemorative gesture to the shared history of the Chamorro and Spanish people. The Juan Sebastian Elcano's passing of Umatic further recognizes the village's role in preserving the oral history of the Chamorro people and showcasing this historic encounter. Now, local reports, uh, local news reports were filled with images of the ship um, sailing from Petey to Umatic. Residents were witness to the training ship's beauty and historical significance from shore. Very similar to the events that Chamorros may have experienced 500 years ago, whether they were standing on Nimitz Beach in Agate from the Seti Bay Overlook along the Agate Umatic Road, or right on Umatic Bay, or from above the bay at the historic Fort Soledad. Uh, well, Guam residents were taken aback by these events, or this particular event, of another circumnavigation, and what it represents to Guam residents and the Spanish. I never would have thought that as a videographer, journalist, public official, businessman, communications practitioner, and podcaster, that I would see the observation of the events from March 2, 1521, the same as Dr. Underwood described 20 years previous. As a boy going to school in San Leandro, California, I was bullied and called a chink. Over time, those bullies would become my friends, and Guam was made a real place to them in the Pacific. As a young man, my last name was mispronounced and mocked by high school school uh, high school uh, teachers and college professors alike. Today, this young man now teaches at the university, or at a university, in the Western Pacific, where I work hard to leave my name and example in a good place in the hearts and minds of my young uh, adult students of Micronesia. And my skin color that I once hid away as different from than the other guy is now very similar and certain in the eyes of many both here and abroad for all to see. I am a proud Chamorro, and with each day, I certainly understand that better. 
This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Preparing for a podcast does push me to do research, and it includes listening to other podcasts. An interesting one that touches on this similar topic was shared on the Fanatsu podcast several days ago. F-A-N-A-C-H-U. The title, Forget Ferdinand, Love the Ladronis. The one-hour, 13-minute episode is a must-listen. Led by Dr. Michael Bavakwa, the podcast dives into the Magellan event, much like this podcast, but with a panel of young academics and activists. The group noting that the event of Guam's discovery has had folks in 2021 rethinking our history. I will use my podcast to say that I was inspired by their words, experiences, and reflections on 1521. Thematically, they discuss their thoughts on Chamorros, Spaniards, death, religion, trade, war, colonialism, resistance. The panelist and Dr. Bivacqua offered careful and thoughtful insight throughout. I would encourage you to check it out. Also, I came across a great read during this Guam History and Chamorro Heritage Day week. The book is entitled An Account of the Corvette El Yurani, Sojourn at the Mariana Islands, 1819, by Luis Claude de Freycinet. Well, it was published in 2003. The 295-page book was taken from the journals of a French scientific exploration of Guam and the Marianas just over 200 years ago. The foreword of the book notes that much of the documents of that time have since been lost because of time. The Freycinet notes uh, that created the book are a significant and valuable contribution to the history of Guam, especially the observations of the Chamorro people of that time. I believe that the book is just as important of a product of, uh, as of uh, really is the historic first contact with Magellan, that the book, believe it or not, does reference. Okay, I digress a little bit. Now, I kept an open mind in reading uh, this perspective of a Frenchman. Important to me uh, to note was that Freycinet's work was uh, completed with great assistance of then-Governor uh, of Guam, Don Mendenilla y Pineda, and Vice-Governor Don Luis de Torres. Now, the interpretation of the French notes, uh, which, by the way, included pictures, and even the journal of Freycinet's wife, Rose, and it was uh, translated by Dr. Glenn Barrett. Uh, it engaged me from the very start, and I would strongly recommend you check it out. Now, the book takes the reader on a remarkable walking of the island by the French from Umatic in the south to Haganya uh, in the, uh, well, in the center of Guam, which again, uh, and still remains to this day as the capital of Guam. So from the arrival of Freycinet to his crew's kind treatment by the Spanish governor, to visiting the sacred beach where St. Diego Luis de San Vitoris was canonized, to sailing onto Rota and Tinian, the Freycinet account was, um, let's just say, it was very descriptive 
and to me, very important, because the book also documents via accounts from Don Luis and Spanish references shared with the French, the 298-year history of the Spanish administration of Guam just before the entirety of the contact with Freycinet. Now, I did mention uh, the observations of the Chamorro people, man considered as an individual, uh, their physique at the time, uh, life expectancy, illness, food, dwellings. The book, man, was like a walk back in time that I had heard from such a, well, a different perspective, and in this case, a very French perspective. Now, this book can be used as the topic of an entire podcast, and I initially thought that would be the case, but this week, uh, but the week that was uh, kind of uh, all centered on the events of 1521, and it left me with still an important thing, and that is pride. Yes, while there are many that resent Spain for discovering us back in 1521, what makes any of us think that another European power would have done the same before or after Magellan? What about the West expansion, either from Imperial Japan or China for that matter? We uh, are a unique people, the Chamorro, and I probably didn't need the Freysene book to tell me that. Yes, my family heritage has some Spanish, despite my last name, and over the past 20 years, I have come to know more and more about my Chamorro lineage, my family, and the collective practices since before the turn of the century. Customs, obviously from the Spanish, like those linked to my faith, I'm a Catholic. And my life in Guam does center on God and the church, the parish in my home village of Talafofo, San Miguel, and the small Anigua chapel, the Capiza, as we call it in Anigua. It centers, well, it's the centers of my life and family, uh, believe it or not, on opposite sides of the island. That's where they're at. And raising my kids in these times to have them respect their elders. Important part of all of this. A focus on working around the home and preparing meals so that we can, can uh, you know, take it all in as a family. And how did all of this come from 1521, you ask? Well, I'll tell you how. It's a heritage that came from living in Guam a culture influenced by our destiny as a member of the Pacific family. It's an act of being a trading partner with others that the age of exploration brought to our shores and then changed our history forever. This week in Guam gets really cloudy, uh, you know, from day to day. A modern island in Micronesia, but the discovery brought a whole new way of looking at life. Many at the time in 1521 may have thought the same too. Well, maybe they didn't. While the spirits are still abound, uh, we on Guam all live with both a rich heritage and way of living that is, interestingly enough, fairly peaceful. We are centuries removed from the discovery of Guam by the Spanish. But what is our story over the next 500 years? Maybe this podcast can be added to the oral history of our island, at least from when I launched it. Others will write differently about the next 500 years, filled with what exactly? Well, I'm not too sure, but we should have some comfort that when historians write about Guam, and in these 1, 2, 5, 10, 500 years to follow, that they will look favorably on all the things we do, and the Chamorro people will continue to evolve into. As Freysene wrote, one sees the islanders successively deploying force, heroism, and guile, 
to the extent that they are able in defense of their own customs and their independence. Twenty times defeated, they rise up twenty times to fight. That's it. That's all. If you liked what you listened to, press subscribe or follow right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatata. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatata. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening.